episode of Coder Conversations. Your host today, I have Joshua Berrios here. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, sorry, I probably spoke because it was kind of yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, um, Kevin. I we connected on LinkedIn and just want to like. Our conversations are not fully in real time right now. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah. So, you, so you you're a software developer, correct? Yeah. So I'm a software engineer uh, with a company called uh, VBA um, or VBA Software, which is one of their main products. Uh, it's a healthcare. Uh, SaaS, software as a service, and we provide various uh, softwares for the healthcare industry, particularly to like networks uh, that have health plans. Um, and it's uh, the business is expanding to other portions of the market within the healthcare industry. Um, so the software really focuses on claim adjudication, uh, patient admin portals uh, for healthcare members and admins. Um, then we have like, um, a intelligence type of product, um, and like a chat product that we're developing. So it's pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Um, and I recently just got hired onto this company May of this year after a layoff, uh, from my previous employer. So it's been a, a godsend for sure. Absolutely. Can you, can you give us a little bit about your background? Like how did you get into software in the first place and what did you do prior? Yeah, so um, for me, I come from a very creative background. My dad was a artisan in Puerto Rico. I am a Puerto Rican, um, born and raised there um, most of my life, and then about five years. And then after that, I was, I was a military brat, so I moved around, and then I ended up in New York City, um, where dreams are made, right? So <laughs> during my time growing up in New York City, as a kid, I was always very creative, um, drawing on paper, then got into graphic design, and then I got into uh, playing guitar. So I, I play electric and acoustic guitar. I love music, um, self-taught musician. And even then, that also fueled my creative passion. And during that time around, I would say when I was like 10 years old is when I dabbled into like web design. So I started designing on Photoshop 6.0. Uh, disclosure, it was a pirated version of it. Somebody gave me a CD and installed it. I used it as a little kid, right? Um, and But then I, I started getting into like um, more creative things with photography, video editing, um, and then still always had like web design as part of something that I would use to build, let's say, an entity, right? And try to build a website for it and whatnot. Most of them don't exist anymore, but they were good ways to practice. Uh, things got more serious later in my life um, as an adult. So when I was in the military, um, I served the U.S. Army for about three years. And in 2019, I was reached out by a creative agency uh, who I was using their web hosting service for. Uh, from and um, they asked me to do create a logo for one of their clients I got paid for it and then they saw kind of like some of my web design work that I was doing with WordPress and then from there it took off I started getting more proficient with WordPress particularly like no code uh, tools like Divi and I started building out UI UX for e-commerce websites and for like just uh, service professionals then I decided to do some freelance here and there. Um, it was a freelance contract, but some freelance for myself. And I, that's how I started falling for a passion for front-end engineering. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you went from like no code, Divi, to actually like coding and React. And uh, yeah. how, did you, how did you teach yourself? Like, how did you make that transition? Yeah, so... Um, I already had like a really good understanding of HTML and CSS and a little bit of PHP. Um, so I, I still built some custom things even when I was doing no code. 
And then when I got into the uh, more serious space of like coding an application from scratch or a website uh, was when I decided to take a, a coding bootcamp course uh, through Dev Code Camp. And I was able to use my GI Bill during the COVID time uh, to be able to to take that immersive uh, coding bootcamp. And it was within the MERN stack. So it was like MongoDB, Express, React, and Node. Uh, so I got proficient with uh, React. And that's what I really wanted, right? Was just get proficient with JavaScript. I knew a little bit, but not enough. I was, it was still like an alien type of language to me, right? Um, and look, very mathematical, but really when I got into it, it's not as mathematical as Python. So, <laughs> um, so I, I enjoyed it and there's still a lot to learn. I'm still learning a lot, right? Um, and I was able to uh, position myself uh, to get my first tech job as a developer, um, as a developer, not like a WordPress developer, right? Or designer, but as like a developer working for a B2B company and as a UI UX developer. Um, but now I work with Vue.js, which I actually love more than React. Sorry to piss off any React fanboys, <laughs> if there's any. Um, but I do enjoy uh, Vue a lot more now, since it's what we're using at my current job. So like, what are some of the things you like about Vue versus React? Yeah, so I just love the simplicity and just how like obvious <laughs> their directives are and how to bind data. Um, I do like that they have two... Uh, types of APIs. They have their options and then they have their uh, composition API. And the composition API, since they've introduced it, um, has been uh, like amazing. And it's been, a, it creates a much easier learning curve. But I think a lot of it has to do for me because I learn Angular within like a month at my old job and was able to help push out uh, a production ready uh, e-commerce application within like two, three months. So learning like Angular in a week and then kind of expanding a little bit on that throughout the month that I was working on this project allowed me to, I guess, understand like Vue because Vue does, is kind of like the, the cousin of Angular in some yeah. way, uh, since Evan, you used to work for Google. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of things that Vue solves that I had problems with in terms of Angular and React. Um, the state management is amazing in Vue. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite parts um, because you can use Piana, right, which is an amazing state library as well um, for Vue. But Vue X, which is a native to the framework, is more than enough more than enough um and i and it's a lot it's a lot more performant than react's uh state management um and i i just like it a lot i'm still learning a lot of it so it's really hard for me to like go super hardcore on the details but stay tuned for more <laughs> so, so are these libraries kind of like uh redux more like a centralized store for state or yeah so vuex does use a store mm-hmm yeah, okay. and I, yeah, so it kind of does feel like Redux. Mm -hmm. So that, that comes out like right in the box with you. You don't have to like install. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yeah, it does. Like Vuex is already integrated uh, within the Vue package. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Um, so like, did, did you also do backend work at your job? So um, at my previous one, no. So I did UI UX. Um, and good question, because I mean, I did take a full stack course, but as it's like I saw, I think it was on Twitter on threads. Um, I saw there was like a, a post and it's like as a full stack developer, like what's your passion? Right. And I said, it's front end, <laughs> a full stack developer with a passion for front end. And um, the back end stuff I didn't do in my last job, I just did UI UX development. So I would take either like someone's mock-up or I would design something and just build it out. Uh, so I most, it's basically just a fancy term for a front-end engineer. Um, 
but with UI UX practices. And then when I got into this current role, it is a software engineer role, so it's primarily full stack. Um, they are Microsoft House, and I have some a bit of experience with C Sharp, not much. Um, but we're using Vue for the front end. And what I, what I like about it is because our director, when he interviewed me, he asked me, what's my strong suit? What would I like to do? What would it, what would it allow me to feel fulfilled and enjoy my day-to-day -day work? And I told him, I'm a full stack developer. If I needed to learn the Microsoft stack, I'd be willing to, uh, but I'm more proficient with like uh, the front end. And, mm. I, and then if there is time to, to grow and to learn, then I'm willing to learn, you know, how to build a backend uh, with the Microsoft stack so that I can understand what we use uh, for the applications. He was like, oh, there's plenty, plenty of room for learning. <laughs> so mm. then when I got into the company, I got put into a front end based project. Uh, so that's super nice. Yeah, sounds like a really good director. Like he asks you your strengths and he's mm -hmm. kind of like putting you where you would excel, but also giving you room to grow. Yeah. So like, uh, how, how have you been learning uh, uh, the back end ASP.net? Yeah, so I haven't uh, gotten to really build a curriculum for myself, but I did save some Microsoft uh, links because they have like their academy, right? The little uh, teach learning uh Academy, so I did that. I think uh, the only thing, that, the next thing that I have is like SQL, and I do have a course on Udemy. You know, all of us got Udemy courses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got that in my back pocket. Um, but I've been learning it just really on the job, reading the code base. I don't get exposed a lot to the back end necessarily, per se, like to manipulate or to adjust. Um, I'm really, really front end centric to the what I'm assigned to but a lot of it is putting in the data being able to read just the um the queries and but the queries are in SQL um and the original software is actually written in like Power BI so um or Power Builder I believe uh, so they it's a uh, completely different right completely different to what we're working on right now yeah, like from my experiences, like even if you say like, hey, I want to do full stack, usually they put you on the side, you excel at it and kind of keep you there. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do want to I do want to be as proficient and efficient in other areas. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm enjoying I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now a lot. Uh, like I said, Vue.js has been really easy to pick up. Um, doing onboarding was so much time for learning and applying. And um, I took the ZTM course for Vue.js um, on Udemy. And then I'm up to like the project, but I skip a lot of the project stuff so I can learn kind of like the rest of the more technical things that I knew that I would need for, for the job. And then now I'm just finishing up the course, but only the projects of so trying to learning piano and like state management with piano and stuff like that um so it's like building a music app of some sort uh, if i remember correctly but it's i'm almost there it'll probably be the first course i get to finish on udemy so <laughs> <laughs> so like you know this is definitely a learning industry and you spoke of like building a curriculum so how would you really approach like learning something as vast as the back end yeah so um I would, I personally, I'm not the greatest when it comes to self-teaching myself code, right? Self-teaching myself guitar was completely different. <laughs> uh, it's, it's more sensory. There's, uh, there's more expression. It's an art, right? That you mm. are, that you're picking up. Coding can be an art form, um, but it's not necessarily an art medium. Um, and for me, I have troubles with like numbers and um i used to be really good at retaining things really fast um but there was a life event that happened to me that actually caused my retention to go down um mm. so i have to learn things very differently and i actually enjoy more the more in person like that coding boot camp type environment where there's mm. kind of people you learn from learn build teach type of process 
Um, and I think that's how I learn things is a lot better. I learn it, I build, and then I teach someone how to do it. So like building tutorials, I was, I'm known for doing video tutorials for various WordPress uh, things in the past and other technical um, videos that I've had once upon a time on YouTube. And that was a way that I became proficient even in other areas of my life, like building computers and uh, hacking software or, or um, learning about a specific software like Photoshop, designing things. And that's how I was able to retain. And I think it still applies today. Um, and I do have like a roadmap that I need to finalize on how I'm going to learn the back end. So I know that we use SQL um, at, our, at, the, at my current job and uh, we use uh, .NET. So I'll probably focus more on SQL since that's a lot of the stuff that I'm more exposed to right now um, is the SQL queries when we're trying to like look at the way that the data is, um, the API is implemented on the old software and being able to translate that to the new software. Because um, we already, we have a specific person who deals with, who builds the API. Mm. Um, so that's a good thing, right? And a lot of the APIs already written out. All the endpoints are written out. Uh, majority of the endpoints are written out. And then we do have docs. And if we don't find that endpoint within like the TypeScript file uh, for for certain uh, controllers that we build for the front end, then we can implement those. And I'm learning how to do that uh, today, actually, um, which is super nice. But, but that's just, uh, I think, in, outside of like, a tangent, it's how I think I would uh, continue to to learn and progress in my backend skills. Absolutely, you made a good point about the the boot camps. That everybody learns differently. Like me, I'm kind of a solo learner. I don't really like classroom environments. Whereas you know, it seems like you're the opposite. So I, I think that that's a great point because you can't really give like simple answers to people when they say should i go to a boot camp i think it comes down to like how do you mm -hmm. learn what do you prefer yeah uh, i think it i think it also comes from like should i go to college right? right and there's different things that you you know college would make sense right um but i knew that when i needed to make a, a life-changing decision for my family coming out of the military or working just regular average jobs and um, owning a house out, like after I got out, um, eventually getting my disability pension and whatnot. Like a lot of it is still not enough, right? To upkeep a growing family. So I was like, this is a passion that I have, but I also trusted in God's will, right? As a person of mm -hmm. faith, I, I, have to, I have to go to the foundations that sustains my life and that is the word of god that's jesus and if jesus says to me that software engineering is not a part of his will then i won't do it right i continue to humble myself i work this nine to five job where i'm at trusting that he will provide and continue to be sensible to his will and knowing what what my career is supposed to be but by the grace of God, I've been able to put my passion at his feet and allow God to guide me on, on that uh, career path. And there has been ups and downs. There has been. And I, last year, I ended up working at FedEx as a truck driver because I have truck driving experience with the military. So I was able to do that. And that was a very humbling experience. Um, and I applied for developer roles. The previous role I was in, I was a video tutorial creator for a WordPress company, and I got laid off uh, after leaving a, a somewhat secure job at Homeland Security as a data entry operator, working night shift, getting night differential, I was paying the bills, still paying for mortgage and stuff like that. But, um, but it wasn't enough, and I didn't find purpose. There was no purpose there. Um, so it was really tough. And when I got laid off, I was like, oh, another layoff, right? It feels yeah. like you get betrayed, right? That's how it feels for me, right? Like it, I, I tell my wife, it's, you know, I take it as is, but in reality, as a male, um, 
as a father, as a husband, like my per, my in my personal corner, I feel defeated. Right. And mm. then, but that's that's what draws me near to God. That's what draws me near yep. to to seeking His uh, strength to be over me. That's why Jesus says that my my grace is sufficient, right? Uh, and and our strength is made strong in our weaknesses. So like. I I really really took that to heart during that season of my life, and continued to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, which is my life verse in Matthew six, um, and I was able to overcome. And God provided a, the UIUX developer job. I actually got two offers to work for Northam Grumham as a mm. Java as a Java EE developer, but they had a program where they would teach you uh, the language and mm. then get you to building out their logistics um, military software in-house um, for the for the DOD. And then the other offer was for the UI UX. One paid more, right? So that's beneficial. But the other one had more opportunities to grow and work from home at the time. So, yeah. um, so it was a good for, foot in the door uh, to the industry. Yeah, man, it's really interesting because like recently I was uh, laid off about a month ago. And, you know, how I look at it, sometimes God takes the, this opportunity, this place where you're comfortable at so he can move you to a higher ground. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like that temporary discomfort, but like, ultimately i believe like if you really you know you, you know god's not gonna abandon you so it's kind of like conditioning yourself mentally to say i'm not gonna let this affect me mentally because it's just god pushing me to uh a, another like another a better place kind of like mm -hmm. even before the the job i was at uh you know I, I left that and like a month later they laid off like 80 percent of the people wow so uh that's, that's one thing i also do do know about the software industry is like there is not a lot of stability here necessarily so you know like you mentioned you do have to be rooted in jesus rooted in your faith you have to uh not allow this stuff to mentally like defeat you that that that's i think that's a big part of the software industry is your psychology like yeah um like there's a lot of rejection, right? Like you go on these interviews, you go through several rounds and you get ghosted. Like how, how do you personally deal mm -hmm. with like some of the rejection that you faced in this industry? Yeah, so that's a really good question um, because I've compared to last year's layoff and this year's layoff, um, last year's layoff was, um, it just happened. It was all of a sudden, but um they gave me severance pay for a month and I, I wrote it out. I was trying to build a software, a web application, a platform, um, but time was ticking. So I ended up taking FedEx, right? But fast forward to this year when I got let go, it was a very humbling experience because during this process, um, I knew that there was an ultimatum. Um, one of my, one of my, uh, the one of the guys that was in, I wouldn't say one of the guys, it was the only <laughs> leadership uh, within the UI UX uh, team uh, that I reported to, but he resigned, he left. And then I had a feeling and I don't, I don't know to this day, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit that placed that in my heart or because I am pretty good at perceiving the environment, mm -hmm. the room yeah. um, and making uh, very conscious uh, strategic decisions on what should I do. So once I heard that, I started applying to jobs. Yeah. But with just to do that as like a preparation in case something were to hit the fan and behold, it, it, it was, you know, they were restructuring some things. Or, um, but I but God also taught me that I failed in some areas, right? I was too comfortable in some places. Mm. Um, so I, I was humbled and in some way. And, um, 
I learned from those mistakes and I improved on them and iterated on them. And I told myself, well, then this is going to change for whatever role I get next. And um, so far, I've seen this changes. But during that time, when I was applying, man, I got exhausted. I was mm. I hit the floor running with application, even though I got severance pay. I didn't really get unemployment. Uh, that was a interesting battle. I, I think I only got like one check. <laughs> Everything else, because, you know, when they see you have a severance, they don't see like, Oh, you've been taxed, and then whatever you tap, whatever your final yeah. severance check is, that is actually the amount of weeks that you really have to survive on it. Um, but they take the whole bigger number and they see, oh yeah, you got like a whole month, right? <laughs> so that was challenging, right? That and I like our mortgage got adjusted. You know, we we got a growing family now. We have three kids, and that's a lot of things. And I just went um hitting the ground and i applied to many different things i got i didn't even get anything i got ghosted for most and then if i got rejected I'm like why am i getting rejections or why i'm not even getting any type of interaction mm -hmm. and i found out that it's because my resume was crap so i talked to another fellow brother in christ shout out to uh robert gus um he is a uh dx engineer over at airplane right now and i also found out that he went through a layoff during that time too um so for from a startup company and he looked at my resume and he professionally and also in a brotherly christly way said that my resume was garbage and he gave me feedback i saw his notion page with the feedback i made those adjustments and voila I started getting more uh, interactions. I actually started getting more interviews, technical assessments. I was burnt out. I kid you not. I didn't know you can get burnt out from interviewing and from applying all at once, right? And and even like, but the place where I found refuge and I found peace was when I was praying about these opportunities. And it's so funny because as that happened god answered my prayer and boom all this stuff and i was like god <laughs> thank you right but uh, it's this uh over it's just overwhelming um but very gracious um and and i i had to build a strategy so i i already had a job tracker that i learned how to make from the coding boot camps career services so i started building a job tracker on um on notion and just putting the links the title the links the pay comments like little notes uh and what my application status was and if i saw that one didn't change within the course of time i kind of knew that that was probably not going to happen or i was going to get one of those delayed rejections that i got one today I had a rejection just this morning um and i'm like oh man like that's so funny it's like it never fails. You get rejected once you have a, a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's how I dealt with that process and um, a lot of kneeling and just um, and just trusting in God that that this is the moment where he would tell me if software engineering was it or I had to like pivot. And I, I, I pivot in, in it. But I pivot in a way where, okay, well, I learned that in my current demographic, in my industry, it's all like Microsoft stack people. Yeah. And I knew I would not get a job as a React developer. Uh, that's just based off of my, like what I saw. Um, or I needed to know Python and stuff. So I pivot and I was going to, I did a hard pivot and started learning uh, C Sharp, started learning uh, ASP.NET. Um, and I put a roadmap together to do that and Lord and behold, I ended up not needing that right away. Um, but yeah, that's how I dealt with that. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, one, one of the things God does is like, he doesn't let us get too comfortable in things like our job because we start putting more faith in our job and ourselves than him. Create we, idols out of our necessity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we were kind of like, okay, I'm so smart that 
you know, look at the progress I'm making. And God's like, no, nah, this, this is me, you know. So sometimes he snatches it. Mm -hmm. He says, just have faith in me. I'll put you somewhere better. Um, yeah. Like, what, what, what were some of the things that, what were some of the uh, downsides of your current resume? And what did you have to change to get it up to par to get more of those calls and interviews? Yeah, so one of the downsides of my resume was because I had uh, some of some some of the other technical or background stuff was like that I did was creating video tutorials, right? Teaching people how to do something on WordPress with a specific software that I got hired as either a freelancer or was doing full time. And I put that in my resume just to show, OK, this is my technical, my my developer paralysis, like Paral, mm. what I I don't I wouldn't know how to say the word I always forget right prowess right like just flexing that 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 I know how to mentor teach and stuff and also I had my army experience because I did IT and did truck driving and did a lot of training for over uh, two thousand troops etc right uh, I was a supervisor in my own shop so having my army experience my secret clearance was good it was always good mm. to have that right um it talks it, it embodies leadership and just like uh the adaptability the the gives people the notion okay this person can adapt right and it, it's quick on on their feet but i had experience like when i worked for that creative agency and helped kind of manage the hosting uh web hosting product as well um i was a uh a web designer um and then i did obviously the started developing from the designs over to the to the uh, no code solution. So I had that, so I was good. But um, the video tutorial stuff was not good because mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, yeah, it's great as an accolade, but it wasn't, it doesn't specify what did I do in the real world with the technologies, right? Like did I build real world uh, applications that solved a, a problem? Um, so I had to take that off and then I had a section where it had all my technical skills, right? And then I had all them listed, right? Kind of like how you, we, I have it on my LinkedIn. You look at my LinkedIn, the little about me has all that stuff. But one thing that I did, uh, that I learned that Robert said was like, put that as a bullet point, you know, what technologies you use. And then like in your bullet points, how did you use the technologies? Like, so for example, with the previous employer, I, I put that on there, even though it was a short stint. Some people may don't like putting the short stint employments in their resume, but I took the risk of doing it anyways, because it was my first foot in the door and is where I learned the most on how to apply my knowledge. So I put that, I, I learned AngularJS and launched a production ready application. Um, I learned, uh, and I was assigned to uh, helping develop the UI uh, the React UI for the World Cup for U.S. soccer uh, at my previous job, and I talk. I have a bullet. I have bullet points of what particular components that I work on, um, or types of components, and they were composable components. So, mm -hmm. so stuff like that, right? And then it's like what platform. So like the platform name was in there. What technologies? And then like have one bullet points technologies used, and just list all the primary ones that I used on a daily basis during this particular job. And so I made those adjustments, the same thing with the other jobs. I even did it to the army one, right? And the army one has the smallest ones. It's like Microsoft Office and like Active Directory, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, everything else was hardware. So, um, so I did that. And then um, I also adjusted my education. And then mm -hmm. the education was instead of just having, oh, dev full stack web development certificate from dev code camp i had a description what what was the learning the impact uh mm -hmm. that i took out of the learnings from there and what technologies i used there too so i did that as well and i took a off the summary because i had a summary as well i took that off uh robert said no one looks at that right like that's just that's old school there's a lot of people what they do is they skim for the technologies yeah. and like your experiences and then where did you use the technologies that you say you, you have skills on? Um, and man, that really was eye opening. So I've been actually helping other people kind of 
set themselves up in that same way too. But one of the biggest things I think that uh, helps a lot is when your LinkedIn and your resume are one for one, right? In in some areas. I had an experience, um, and I do want to mention this, like not all employers do what Robert says, right? Like Robert, he told me like, the industry right now just does a skimming and scanning. But I had I experienced one interview with Duncan Aviation and man, did they try to chew me up on the fact that my resume did not demonstrate uh, my full like work history compared to my LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are they even quite they questioned me as to why did also like my job experience that I had. Um, when I started working on the books in 2015, um, why is it that I only was here two months, three months, right? Stuff like that. So I started mm. looking at all that and none of those jobs had nothing to do with the technical aspect, but I guess what they were looking for is the longevity of the person. So, it, so this is where I'm getting to, you have to know how to sell yourself. Yeah. You're your own salesperson. And you have to know how to position yourself to where it matters. Like they threw those left field questions. I kept them focused on what really matters. And at the end of the day, at that interview, I actually told them that I accepted an offer uh, for VBA that I wasn't interested. And I, I see that I'm not a good fit. So, and that shocked them. That really did because they didn't expect that. But, um, but you see, it feels good when you're able to do something like that, because um, because it 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 dem you it demonstrates that you've uh, been able to have control of the, of the conversation about you, right? Not on like what a piece of paper tells you, because you you can't tell them everything on a piece of paper. You want to keep your resume at least to one page. And that was hard for me because I have a lot of, I write a lot and I speak a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard for me. So I sometimes overwrite or overspeak. So it was good to like, as I'm writing and restructuring my resume, learn my resume. What are, learn my highlights and be able to pinpoint those highlights. When I would have interviews, I would have my resume open and my LinkedIn because I knew they were looking at it. <laughs> so I had to emulate what they would do. So that way, when they would just throw questions at me, I'd be like, okay, cool. I can go here. And if I needed to just go over, yes. And then I would say so-and-so and so-and-so. Um, but that's how I overcame that portion of my uh, resume and being able to present that resume as I started going through interviews. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, like I think that a lot of developers, including myself, I had to learn that your resume isn't like an autobiography. It's not a who's who. It's more like your advertisement to a company that you can provide some kind of value to them. So it's like your speaking points. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So like when they look at it, they're thinking, "How can this guy help me solve my problems?" Like, just like if you need a fence repaired, you don't want to know, like, okay, this guy, he walks dogs after work. You want to know, like, his, how can he best repair your fence? It's kind of like how you're selling yourself to the company. Um, so h- how, how much of an increase did you see from your old resume to your new resume in terms of uh, interviews? Yeah, a big, because even last year, I didn't get that many interviews. The, the only two interviews that I got last year from everything that I applied to was when I was working through working with a gentleman through tech systems, um, which is a technical staffing agency and um, a direct interview through my previous employer, Layer One Media. Um, and that was it. Those are the only two that that I, I got a step, uh, the next step. Um, and by the grace of God, to be honest, by the grace of God, because if my resume was that bad, even then, like I could only think of God's grace, (laughs) (laughs) but to come to this year and go through it and just adjust and add like the latest employer that I was at, that wasn't enough to bring value 
I got more rejections or less interactions um, than anything. Uh, so, so that was that. It was a big difference. I even with the the state that it was at, I probably only got probably like three interviews. One of them was one of those asynchronous ones that you do kind of like the video mm -hmm. uh, answering questions. And then the other ones were like uh, pre-screening of the phones. And the other one was a uh, connection through um, James Q. Quick. So I posted out on Twitter and then he reshared, he retweeted it. Um, and he is a technical content creator on YouTube. Good friend of mine's. And through his network, I was able to get a potential opportunity. Um, I was so I was going through the interview process, but my resume wasn't even that good either. And then I noticed that, okay, this happened, cool. But then it was silence, and then that's when I needed to make that adjustment, and I reached out for help. Absolutely. Uh, to make a slight pivot, uh, I see that you have a podcast. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that, and like, what do you talk about on your podcast? Yeah, so my podcast is named called Code Fellowship. Um, I it was something that was born out of the coding boot camp, a dev code camp back in uh, 2021. And when I was graduating, I decided I met a guy. Uh, his name is Zachary Wright, a fellow brother in Christ, and he went through the coding boot camp as a full stack software engineer, and he and I connected through LinkedIn. He served the army as well. And um, we just connected, hit it off pretty well. And we decided to band together. It was something I, I created like as an idea, but I got him along with me at the start. And he actually, I give him a lot of credit to like the inspiration to the logo because he put like concepts and prototypes together. And with my design background, I put it, I made it uh, more design friendly, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was really good. We started off. Um, we I interviewed some people from my cohort as well. Um, and the focus of the podcast was is was and still is um, just talking about our faith in Christ and our roles as uh, software development or web developer professionals. Um, I noticed that during my time in the WordPress industry, a lot of people who had web, who have web design agencies or um, marketing agencies, a lot of them are Christians. And mm -hmm. like designers and developers, a lot of them were of some type of faith system. And some were Catholic, some Mormon, and some evangelical Christians like myself. So then um, I noticed, okay, there is a presence of faith, right, in this, right? But why is it that the industry is so secular? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then when I got in more deep into the coding aspect of development outside the WordPress industry, um, I started seeing a lot of the secularism. Right? And I was like, but there are a lot of software engineers I know that I watch on YouTube, that I see on Twitter, and they're saying they're followers of Christ. And it's like, is there a community, right? Is there a mm -hmm. podcast that talks about this? I didn't see one. So because I didn't see one doesn't mean that there may be one, right? Uh, that there could be one out there, right? But I didn't see one. So I decided to take that initiative and um, create Code Fellowship. I do have a Discord for it, but... Um, it is work. It is a lot of hard work, right? Maintaining yeah. a community and also podcasting and like full-time dad, husband, and like yeah. full-time engineer, right? So um, I feel like it's just easier for me to network. I do have the Discord community available uh, still, and it, it's not going anywhere. So whenever the time comes, uh, it will continue to grow. But right now it's like a knowledge base. So there's several Christians that are uh, developers there and there, and they've put um things on discord as a knowledge base so like react different topics angular view whatever you can think of and i wanted to really focus on the story of the christian developer like what allowed them to what has empowered them to get to where they are how do they 
proclaim the gospel in their workplace, right? Um, and I even had some uh, guests in my podcast that are not of the faith. So I also welcome non-believers too, right? Because um, I believe that we can plant the seed as well without telling someone, hey, we came here to plant the seed. <laughs> right. So, right, like uh, your light should be natural. It shouldn't be forced. Right, The light of yeah. Christ should always be natural. And that's something I learned in the military. The military is full of various variety of people. And one thing I learned is I didn't tell somebody, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm here. You know, stop cussing, stop smoking, stop fornicating, yeah. stop doing all these different things right in front of me. No, they did that on their own because the the light of Christ empowers holiness around you. Um, and and that was the same approach that I've taken with the podcast. Right? Like, so when I have a non-believer, we'd have a very natural conversation like this um, with a you know overarching theme. And then I'd still profess my faith in the way that I express myself, the way I give yeah. gratitude. And then you can, I can see how the conversation starts to change a little bit for the good. And I even give the gospel, right? In some way, I present the gospel. Whether they take it or not, um, I know that the Holy Spirit will do work with it regardless. Um, so that's literally what the Code Fellowship is for. Sorry if I went on a tangent. It's a, it's a passion of mine's. Uh, to to speak to people about Christ, but also to nerd out at the same time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, what's interesting is, you know, I, I kind of feel like there's a couple of points. Like, God is pushing a lot of Christians to start their own thing because it seems like, you know, to a, to a certain extent, sometimes mm -hmm. companies can twist your arm and make you do things against your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And also, he's pushing more and more people who you don't expect to deliver the gospel like me i don't like speaking i'm not a speaker i'm more almost anti-social but like he pushed me i'm an out. extrovert <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know like even moses he didn't want to um he didn't want to speak he said i have a stuttering problem you know i'm not eloquent mm -hmm. and you know god said okay i'm gonna get your brother to speak for you but you have to do what i tell you so yeah. It's kind of like he's pushing us to go beyond ourselves so we know that it's not ourselves um, mm -hmm. that is, you know, leading us. Like, I'm going to show you I can make you do things that you you wouldn't have imagined, but it's because you believe in me, not due to your own power. Yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> me too. love it. Yeah, starting your own thing is the best way to free and honor God. Am I? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bill. Um, you know, just because we may not find something that doesn't exist, quote unquote, right? The world is so vast, you know, this community is so big, but yet it's so small. Um, it, it shouldn't, it, sh it definitely shouldn't stop us from honoring God. You know, one of the one of the things that I've held back so far in my podcast is talking about some of the toughest topics that I know would get me canceled. And I told my wife, I don't care if I get canceled. I'm a web developer. I'm a software engineer. I can build mm -hmm. my own platform. I can, yeah. I can build my own website. The government, no one can tell me what I can do or do not do, right? At the end of the day, and I, have, I serve a God who is living who protects his children, who's taken his people out of uh, slavery, right, to their sins, so that we may live a life of freedom on this earth while proclaiming his gospel. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to do that and, and, and be a martyr to the cause. And, you know, one thing as human beings we, we do too is like we try to... Um, sorry, I had slack in my ear <laughs> from work. Uh, we try to... Um, what is it? Walk around, right? Walk around yeah. the topics because we know that in today's society, there are so many topics that could get you fired yeah. that, that you can't even talk about. The people that talk about inclusion, diversity, equity, they can't even stand what real diversion, inclusion, and equity is. The mm. true significance and symbol of that, right? When you tell somebody... Oh, the path is the path to, to God, right? To 
God our Father to heaven is narrow compared to the wide path where everybody is like walking yeah. through and sin um, and without repentance. Like you can't even say something like that without you getting persecuted, right? But that's what Jesus says, right? In, in the Bible, he says that you will not be hated because of you, right? You'll be hated because of my name's sake. You'll be persecuted because of me. But I feel like when we do things out of our heart for God and obedience to God, and it helps us grow, then there's nothing to fear. There yeah. is nothing to fear. Because the Bible says, like Paul tells Timothy, that God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Right? Yeah. So there are some topics I wish I could talk on my podcast. Not that I am scared, but it may not be... I've, I've noticed that it may not be in a very structured way that maybe god wants me to speak it because mm. i know can come out of emotion right yeah and i would like to have a very good conversation about it and a lot of it for me is when i was looking for jobs and i'm gonna be straight up honest and i hope it doesn't affect your podcast right mm. but i'm be straight up honest like if i saw anything about diversity equity and inclusion in the job post it was a red flag i'm not applying i'm yeah. not I I mean, like me and you were both like, quote unquote, minorities or whatever, you know, we would fall under that banner. But what they're really doing is they're pushing another agenda. Right, right. So I would not I I was like, I'm not, you know, and and any and you know, it's funny. There was one job last year that I did get interviewed for as an email developer. And they had like the DEI and I was like, what is this? Right. I was new to this terminology. Right. So I was curious. I was like, oh, oh, diversity. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm Puerto Rican. Right. That's great. Right. Hispanic. Um, But are they including military veterans in this? Right. Because when I got out of the military, there was a lot of jobs that says, oh, they're for veterans. Right. Or blah, blah, blah. Right. Like our skill sets would transfer very well, but I always didn't. I always got rejected. I never got the job, right? And come to find out, I do further research, and there's a lot of these companies, they say they're for something, but they're not really for something, right? It's just for their their financial gain. They just put it there so that it's like legally checking off a box, but their culture doesn't embody what they're portraying, right, on paper. So so when I asked this lady, I was like, oh, do you guys have like a, like, you know, you guys have military, uh, you know, events that you do under this uh, DEI type of thing. And there's like, no, but if you would like to start one, you can and blah, blah, blah. And so it was kind of weird, right? I was just probing. But then I learned truly what it was. And yeah, yeah, like I stand by it. Um, And by God's grace, I've been at roles where there wasn't the DEI stuff, right? Um, I know that at my current employer, they are probably going to start introducing something around that, but I've prayed about it. And if it happens, it happens, right? Like sometimes, sometimes it's not something that you can avoid because that's where the world is going. But I believe that that I can still in some way, shape or form still do what I'm called to do. Um, and what I, what I need to do for my family. Um, because also too, I don't want to limit my opportunities, right? My options either. I don't want to be super legalistic or legalistic at all either, but I do want to be firm, right? On where I stand, right? Like I don't want to deny Jesus in front of man so that, the yeah. result of that being him denying me in front of his father, right? So yeah. it it's just something that I really hold dearly to my heart. And hopefully that with my content of the, that I can, for Code Fellowship and stuff like that, I'm able to um, encourage other Christian developers that they do have a voice, um, that they don't have to stay quiet and buried under all this inclusivity uh stuff going on and that they don't have to identify 
according to what these people are telling them they should identify. Anytime I see like the whole pronoun stuff on applications, I don't put anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if it's optional, right? If it's not optional, I just put what it is. But I'm like, this is not important to me. This doesn't. This doesn't tell me that I'm a good engineer. This doesn't tell yeah. me that I'm going to move up in ranks. All it does is for me, I see it as it creates division um, more than anything. So. Yeah, plus, you know, you want to get hired based on your merit. You don't want to be that, oh, they just hired them to meet a quota type of... Yeah, because because you have sympathy over an underrepresented uh, group of people. I mean, uh, a white a white-skinned version of Joshua Berrios... Uh, that lived in the hood compared to a Hispanic, you know, version of me, which is me of being raised in the hood may not be a difference maker. <laughs> What's going to be a difference maker? What made me different when I look a lot like the typical drug dealers in the Bronx, New York, when I was raised in, in the hood was that I didn't have, I didn't dress like them. My demeanor, my walk was very different. And I, I always went to school. I was homebodied. It makes a difference, right? It's not, it's not what you look like or uh, that determines, you know, how you can progress. Yeah, there may still be some of that, right? But I don't see it that way. And that's why as I learn more about how to develop a resume, how to position yourself, that's what really matters, Right. Yeah. When you're looking for a job, maybe when I was like straight out of high school, I didn't get the jobs that I need that I wanted to help my family, even like working at like a shoe store or whatever, because my resume was just nothing. I didn't have a job experience. <laughs> you know, I didn't have I didn't have those good soft skills to sell myself. I just said, hey, I wanted a job. I got straight out of high school. But for them, they probably were looking for something more and they just didn't know how to tell it to me or I didn't know how to perceive it. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think another thing is God kind of puts us in situations where we have to be willing to stand alone. You know, like Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, everybody else bowed down, but they stood tall. And it looks like things are going to falter. But God always makes a way out like, if you just stand firm on your beliefs, like, you know, no matter what goes on in the workplace environments, if he wants to get you out of there, just like Lot with Sodom and Gomorrah, he'll, he'll mm -hmm. make a pathway out. So when it's time to go, um, let's see. Hello, Koto Conversation. Can you leave on uh, for Twitch so we can watch conversation later time? Okay, y'all need to find out how to do that. Yeah, it should be in the settings. If you need help with that, I can help you with that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Square Mo, if you, if you want to uh, rewatch it, you can also uh, check all the episodes out on YouTube or go to the website at coderconvos.com. But uh, I'm going to try to get that uh, setting uh, turned on so you can rewatch on Twitch. But yeah, I know we're kind of getting uh, towards the, towards the uh, top of the hour. Um, did, did you have any closing thoughts that you want to leave with the audience? Yeah, so um, I do like that this is very conversational, right? So, um, and I, I just, those soft skills are so much more important. I did not realize how value it was spent majority of my career really tech heavy. And as I transitioned to business owner, I realized my mistake. Yeah, Bill, that's uh, very, very true. Very true. Very true. And I, I, something that I've learned, uh, Bill, is that I've, I've also tried to like develop my own like freelance business, and I failed, and sometimes I make the same mistakes, and so then I'm like, you know what, what's going on? Like, uh, <laughs> why am I doing the same mistake? And it was because I lacked in some of those soft skills, uh, and sometimes we take, we can take years to develop them if we don't, if we're very blind to them. But glad that you really that you realize how important it was, Bill. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my closing thoughts uh, would just be that um, not, not to uh, assume that there is not a community out there, right, that shares the same moral values, um, have the same passions as you, like, you know, 
software development or music like i love music i love uh technology i build and disassemble computers like custom pcs i love movies i'm big cinematographer i can't watch a movie like the same like i can tell you about wow like how crappy the cgi was at rise of the beast transformers right compared to the other transformers movie um like stuff like that right like there's always a community of people and if you're looking for one something like that's very christ-centered um or they that you can also do like bible study with and stuff like that um mm -hmm. never assume that they're not out there they are out there maybe it just takes a leadership role to like create it and that was my goal to do that so i i encourage you if you see that there's a, a need right or that that you want to uh build uh you know fill that gap and build it out do it and if it doesn't work out then it wasn't meant to be right i prayed about it and every and was something i like to do before every episode is pray uh before every episode and allow the holy spirit to guide those episodes and the content mm -hmm. i also give thanks to god oh hey i got this guest or i got this you know on so and so date and i thank god for like the hour right that he has allotted me to do like during a lunch break or something like that uh, to do an episode but i encourage you to do something that that you've never done before and do it to the best of your ability um, to honor and glorify God um, because you don't know where that venture could lead you. And if it didn't work out the way that you envisioned it, at least you had intention. That's the most important part mm. is intentionality. And I think that's what has um, actually gotten me to where I'm at because I was intentional about uh fulfilling my dream but also understanding god's will and his timing is perfect above all else um and i would love to to end it with a a verse that was actually given to me by a brother named uh brayden coyer he reached out to me on in on twitter one uh, one day i was doing unemployed chronicles which is like a, a journey of my unemployment journey um, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And uh, he reached out to me. He sent me a verse with a job role application link on top of it. And I didn't know this gentleman whatsoever prior to this. All I felt was joy and peace in my heart because it was God's way of using other saints right to give me peace and encouragement because i started getting discouraged in my in my application journey uh with this last layoff but proverbs 3 5 uh let's see i'm gonna read it up all the way to to eight but the the ones that, the portion that he sent was from proverbs 3 five through six and this is the esv version um of the bible and it says this trust in the lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths then seven and eight says be not wise in your own eyes fear the lord and turn away from evil it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones and that was the verse of that season of unemployment and i was like wow like i have a plan because it reminds me a lot of what proverbs 16 9 says right it it, it is kind of like us like a spider web verse right um because proverbs 16 9 says the heart of man plans his way but the lord establishes his steps but it goes more profound right it goes to that point where it's telling us in Proverbs 3, 5, 6, it's not trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your own understanding, right? So we know that we have, we make plans, right? The God knows that we make plans and we have very various plans, but he knows that we will, 
if we commit ourselves to him, we will always walk the path that he desires for us. So when you do go out there and you take that risk to build something, right? Whether it's a business, an application as a developer, whatever it is, do it with honor and glory to God. And if it didn't work out, then at least thank God that he allowed you to learn from it, right? A new technology, um, learn, help you learn that you can't do things without them, help you learn how to time manage your life, uh, which is something I learned in my, on my layoff uh, experience as well, and how to be intentional with spending time on things that, edit, that help you grow, but also be intentional with your family life as well. Because you got to take care of that, too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so where, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and connect with you? Yeah, um, I am not on Facebook. Well, I am on Facebook, but I don't care to use Facebook. Um, I live on Twitter and on LinkedIn, right? So if you want to have some nerdy, fun, neat conversations, um, I'm on Twitter for that. And then, you know, uh, here on LinkedIn as well, you can reach out to me. Um, I'm trying to build my network and trying to, uh, reach out to other people, uh, that have a passion for different things besides coding. And then, um, I do have the podcast, uh, YouTube channel, which is, uh, at code fellowship. Um, we're on all this podcast platforms as well, like Spotify, Apple podcasts, um, it used to be Anchor FM. Now it's Pod, Spotify Podcasts and um, Google as well. So you could find all the previous episodes there, any upcoming ones. Um, but, yeah, that's where you can find me. Man, I definitely appreciate you for stopping by, man. You have to come on again and I'll uh, jump on your podcast too. Yeah, yeah. The, the invitation is open. Um, I'll let you know once I'm uh, hopefully here soon. Hopefully here soon. Um, I will get everything ready for the new season of Code Fellowship. It's always good talking to a fellow believer. And we appreciate you, Square Mo, also for uh, pointing yes, out the inspired link. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. All right. God bless, guys.